0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Branching Path podcast. Today we have our first ever podcast guest. His name is Jake. Jake, how are you today? Good, thanks. Uh, happy to be on here and chat about some games. That's not what you said two seconds ago. You said some pretty mean shit, but I'm glad that you changed <laughs> your tone for the recording. Uh, we also have our, um, our resident co-host, John. John, how are you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good. Kyle made it a point to be nice to me today, so don't. for all the listeners out there, don't, don't buy that shit.
0: There were like, yeah, it was until the last second of that introduction that I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, if I was going to go hard at you again or be nice, and yeah, I, I ended up being nice today, so you're welcome. That's
1: Kyle, um, he's made on a whim.
0: <laughs> today's podcast is going to be a little bit different than our usual format, instead of kind of a, a larger topic and talking about what we've been playing recently and then jumping into that, we decided to do kind of a, you know, video games of, of our past and, and just structure this as kind of a, you know, free-flowing conversation about kind of what got us into games, some of our favorites, some of our favorite memories some of our least favorite memories i have a bone to pick with jake about that i look forward to some some shouting later on um so let's just kind of start with with the very first question right off the top and we decided to answer the question what was the first video game you loved and i am going to kick it to jake first to start us off uh
2: yeah this one was kind of hard because probably whatever i think i loved is influenced by the last like 30 years of what i actually like now Hmm. but if i if if there's anything i actually have earlier memories of liking or really loving it it has to be either super metroid or chrono trigger um i know i've played other games like Mega Man and i probably had a lot of fun with them but i don't have like actual nostalgic memories at a young age of really playing them a lot um so it yeah it's got to be either super metroid or chrono trigger
0: Nice. I'm guessing when you played those originally, you probably rented those from Rogers or something, right?
2: Yeah, there was actually a game store called Best Best Games, I think is what it was called. So there was like Best a thing. guy who owned it. Yeah, he was like really cool. Like he was actually into suggesting what you might like. And I remember he gave a shit one time for like renting Mega Man too many times. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would actually like, I'm pretty sure we saw Chrono Trigger there. Um and yeah you know it was just it's it's a game that left like an impression for a silent protagonist like you remember that he dies and you don't know back then before you check everything on the internet if you'll even see him again the same with super metroid the metroid dies and you're like what the fuck
0: yeah no kidding i will say probably good to put a spoiler tag before you start spoiling Chrono Trigger like holy shit dude um, but that's great if, you, so, if so. you haven't
2: played it yet you're not
0: getting any no uh, no our approach me. is we, we're trying to this is secretly a Chrono Trigger conversion podcast we're trying to get as many people into the fold as possible so um, and yeah, no Chrono Trigger is a great answer um, John what, what about you
1: Uh, Jake just mentioned that this uh, store owner gave a shit for renting Mega Man. That is mine. It was Mega Man X actually, and I rented that so many times. He told me to knock it off so other people could try it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was obsessed with Mega Man X, like like nothing else. I had to every time I got a chance to rent a game, it was Mega Man X again.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you even play it to this day, right? I've watched you do speedruns in the past couple years, so it's something that you know it's easy to pick up and play today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and the, um, the first game above the others just really stuck with me.
0: Nice. Um, you might find it funny, but my answer is also Mega Man X. Oh.
1: Um,
0: my, uh, so my dad, our, our, this is kind of getting ahead of myself, but our first console that we ever had at home was the Super Nintendo. Um, and he had a friend at work who would always just give me this huge bag of Super Nintendo games. I don't know the man's name, I never met him, but he's like a godsend, and probably the person who like set off my entire life trajectory, but um, <laughs> Mega Man X was one of the carts in there, and, and I'd say of all the games in there, I probably played that one the most, and, and again, it just holds tons of nostalgia and, and just awesome memories for me, so yeah, Mega Man X is actually probably my first video game I loved as well. Sweet. Good, so Sweet. starting off very strong, Jake is the odd man out, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think so next I kind of spoiled my answer but what was the first console that you guys owned
1: Uh, if it isn't uh, we should make it clear actually Jake and I are brothers so we're gonna have a lot of similar answers today but if I remember correctly it was the Super NES
2: I don't think so I I remember playing Spy Hunter on the Commodore 64 at um one of the earlier houses we lived in I don't think that was ours but I'm pretty sure we had a Nintendo um, Do we like have original I'd, mess? I think so, and I I I know for a fact I've played Spy Hunter and other Commodore games in like I vividly remember playing with our uncle Isaac in the uh, house we lived in, um, and I, I I don't think it was ours though. I feel like it was theirs. Maybe they brought it, let us borrow it, hmm. but I feel like. I, I do remember what you're talking about, though, like, specifically our parents buying the Super Nintendo came with Super Mario World, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we had a Nintendo from the guys, too, like an NES at the time.
0: Our, our uncles were always very good about lending us, you know, their game stuff, which was cool. So I, I bet you guys probably had borrowed the Nintendo at the very least at, at some point. But yeah. at, at, we know for sure you guys owned a Super Nintendo, though. Yeah, for sure. That yeah. one I, I know for a fact, too, that our parents specifically bought us that one. Nice. That's great. Um... What, what would you say the first game, this is kind of an interesting question, but what's the first game you remember? This is not necessarily a game you played. This might just be like your very first touch with video games as a medium. What do you remember seeing? I'm guessing it was somebody else playing something. Do you guys have an answer for this one? I actually, tr- I struggled with this.
1: Uh, yeah, I've got an answer. I mean, Jake just brought up the Uncle Isaac and uh, Commodore 64. That, that's, those are my earliest memories. Like, I remember some kind of caveman sports game where I just remember, I, had, I just had this memory come back to me today. I just remember this caveman, like, hammer-throwing a woman. I <laughs> just thought it was so funny. You could, like, pole vault over dinosaurs and shit. I think that it was, like, like, some kind of caveman sports game on the Commodore. Um, but uh, a slightly clearer memory is I think I remember Isaac playing Robin Hood on the Commodore 64. Hmm.
0: Deep cuts. Jake, what about you? Uh, it's it's
2: Spy Hunter that's the one I keep remembering ah, okay. um, that like top down racing get your fuel probably right. a terrible game but it's the one that I I keep remembering on the Commodore
0: nice Also, oh, it's a top down racing game that's not what I expected from Spy it, Hunter it's
2: I shouldn't say like racing it's just top down perspective where you're like dealing with cars you gotta like hit the fuel canister so you can keep going it's not really a racing game so much as there's like shit in your way okay um, but you're playing in that top down perspective
0: cool oh very cool um yeah it's, it's interesting stuff i wouldn't have expected commodore 64 from you guys i didn't know you guys really had much history with that at all
2: yeah i mean not too much that i can remember i definitely remember like those big friggin square discs like they had like the b drive or right. whatever Yep. um so i remember the guys having like good stack. and when i say guys i mean our uncles but um uh, them having this huge stack of those drives and they you know they're they'd be labels with like marker written on them like they didn't have anything like official <laughs> It's just like this white label, like, yep, this is the game. Pop it in and snap down that little hammer so that it goes in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Okay, so let's move into kind of talking about some of our, our favorites and stuff of the past. So we, we decided to answer the question what our favorite console generation was. This was a tough one for me, but but uh, um, I decided that the PS1 had to win out as my, my favorite console generation. And I'll talk about why soon, but what are both of your answers? We can start with you, John.
1: Uh, same thing actually fifth gen ps1
0: and n64 nice okay and and jake
2: i think sixth gen would have to be because the ps2 can play the ps1 games um oh, like the fat okay. can so and basically the fact that that can do that i kind of gave it to the ps2 cuz it's probably the console i have the longest history with like i have modded systems of it i have unmodded yeah, systems yeah. of
0: it like it, it's just a monster for a console like it lives forever yeah you guys uh, did so much of your gaming on on your ps2 that's that's a fair point it was a lot. um um so let's talk about kind of our, our whys now i guess so for me i had to pick playstation one because like just entirely because of, of the games that i played during that generation and john i hadn't even thought about you know the generation including Every other system at the time too, so I'll talk about the N64 briefly. But sure. um, it, it, for me, it was it was the RPG generation, right? So it was the golden age of RPGs, or, or at least when they really started to kind of hit the mainstream. Um, and it's it's just what started my love of kind of everything like fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that. It really, games was I think the first medium where I started to develop my tastes and realize what I liked. Um, and yeah, there's just so I can list so many good, you know. PlayStation One RPGs that that I can pick up and play today. Just last year, I, I played a whole bunch of them when when we were in the midst of our you know pandemic lockdown, and I had nothing but time. And so many of them held up really well. Uh, yeah. So PS One, and then I mean the N64, you're looking at really our, our it's it's the generation that took us to 3D too. Um, and there's a lot of absolute crap as a result of that. Uh, but Mario 64 again amazingly holds up to this day. I had never really played a lot of Mario 64 at the time, though. I played it last year because it came with that uh, Mario collection for the Switch, and I can't believe how how well it it plays for like the first big 3D um, action platformer. And then of course Zelda, Six like or Ocarina of Time is is you know is a masterpiece and a legend all its own. So. Yeah, Um, John. What's what? Why did you pick the PS One?
1: Same reason, pretty much. Tons of RPGs. Um, You know, so much of what I'm into came from or comes from watching our uncles play that stuff growing up. Like they were my introduction to horror games. Right when they they brought Resident Evil home, Uh, and Mm. our uncle Pete. Uh, let me play for a bit and like they left the room and turned the lights off and i was like oh my god what do i do (laughs) 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 and it was a lot of fun you know getting introduced to final fantasy tactics the lunar series um then yeah then you go to n64 you get a mario rpg um or sorry um paper mario uh, super mario 64 quest 64 right guys isn't that the best one that's the best game yeah best game so yeah uh, just like the first taste of 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 all these awesome genres uh, what about you jake uh
2: yeah i gave it to the ps2 um mostly because i can play all the games i care about from the era you're talking about like if i was talking about purely nostalgic reason like when i got into certain things then i would probably say the psx as well um N64 maybe there there are gems on there for me but the majority of it to me is just kind of shit like Banjo-Kazooie, Zelda like there's not a lot of there are games that stand out like fucking Meteors like you got GoldenEye, Perfect Dark but there are like few and far between on the N64 for me so it's not my my like major pick for a console um, but yeah I still give it to the PS2 because it was easy to get modded um, you know we had a freaking cardboard box of just burnt games like that thing <laughs> yeah. that thing let us experience games we wouldn't have otherwise played it's true um,
1: we never could have could have bought all those
2: yeah so you know I, I i love that system for that and there are games on there that i still play today um that's harder for me to save for the playstation one there's like maybe two or three that really come to mind For the playstation one that i'll replay and and still get a lot of joy out of um and still return to this day but yeah i'd probably give it to the ps2 and it it lasted the longest i think for us too like i still have a couple of them so
0: yeah that's awesome yeah no ps 2s i mean that, that was an excellent uh console generation for sure and yeah that that machine itself has like a library of games that could keep you going for your whole life if you if you made it work so um Let's start talking about some of our like you know favorite games and stuff. Then, especially from that time period, uh, we kind of phrased it as what what our favorite genre was, and then some of our favorites from that genre. Uh, Jake, do you want to start us off on on favorite genre and some of your favorites?
2: Uh, yep, yeah. um, I'll probably put like RPG and SRPG together for this, just because of some of the games I like in that genre. But um, like Final Fantasy Tactics, um, it might even be the like. One of the beacons in for like my nostalgia for gaming, period. Hell yeah, uh, I, can, I can replay it now. You know, I'll play other games like FF7, which is also on my list, uh, Radiata Stories, uh, Chrono Trigger, um, even the FF7 remake. Like, I had a lot of fun with that. But FF7, if I replay it, you know, if I could just take the battle system out, if I could just stop holding X, I'd probably have. Or circle, whatever the hell the confirm is on that one, because I know it's like flipped. Yeah, I think um, it was circle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything else about that aged really well for me, um, but tactics aged well everywhere, and that includes the battle system. Like I yeah. still love that battle system. Um, turn-based RPG battle systems in general, just you know, they're they feel kind of like a relic to me. You know, I don't I don't find them strategic. I, the strategy is always the same you know i'll get a op and i'll hold this button really quick you know <laughs> i may as well get a turbo controller and just uh grind a little bit and kill everyone by holding whatever the confirm button is <laughs> um, but the stories of like ff7 um, like heiresses probably her death is probably the the one that i still remember the most um and in terms of a character dying that i was mature enough to care for like I think when I played Mm. things like Chrono Trigger and Super Metroid I may have understood that the Metroid died and that Chrono died I mean Chrono you get back so that's kind of moot but uh, the Metroid you I felt bad for but I was also a lot younger Um, when I played FF7 I was pretty young too but being a boy and it being a girl and you kind of liking that girl made it worse when she
0: died (laughs) for sure yeah plus she looked like completely realistic right like that was the most like she looked just like somebody you would see in the real world so yeah exactly easy to empathize yeah she had great folds (laughs) Um, but yeah i i'd probably say
2: i I might even have to give it to tactics like as like the all-time like the what is it matsuno um like, I've only recently been playing a little bit of Vagrant Story, and I can already tell it's his writing. Yes, absolutely. Um, John,
0: John and I have talked about this outside of the podcast, the podcast a number of times. He's got such a, a distinctive style. Yeah. Uh, and it's awesome. It's a great style.
2: Yeah, Definitely. and, like, I'll, I'll, when I'm replaying, like, Tactics, I don't want to, like, punch anyone, you know? Like, recently I was trying to go through, like, Axiom Verge. I'm like, you just need to stop talking. Like, this game would be so much better if you didn't talk, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, I don't think that when I play Tactics. I'm like... I love everything they do in there. Um, oh yeah.
0: Oh, the stories. Yeah, the story is incredible. It's presented in in such a compelling way. It's paced very well. We we could honestly, I could gush about Tactics forever. It's like an eminently replayable game. It holds yep. up incredibly fucking well. Um, yeah, John, I know you're a Tactics fan, obviously
1: as well. Oh, definitely. It's on my list.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, Jake, you had mentioned. I just wanted to bring this up. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Radiata stories. I uh, actually. Oh, sorry
1: i was gonna say
2: like I'll, I'll say more about that in a future question you have um i'll uh, with what i consider as like an underrated game um, oh cool i'll question oh, cool. about that more but yes like i absolutely love that game
0: nice i uh well, i'll just say this now and we'll talk about that later but i last summer i was kind of on a retro gaming binge as I, as I mentioned um and i was deciding to kind of build out my collection a bit and radiata stories is one of those ones that's expensive considering how old it is but it hasn't appreciated like some games so I actually have two copies of it. I have one disc only and one in the case. Um, oh, nice. So for the right price, one of those could maybe find their way into your hands if ever oh, you I, want. I already have it. God, God <laughs> damn it. Um, but I actually, so I played and beat it uh, last year as well. And yeah, I, I really, really did like it. But we'll talk about that more later. Um, okay, cool. John, why don't we move on to you? Anything that Jake didn't mention?
1: Uh, I mean, he brings up Final fantasy tactics, which is uh, is on my list also. But for everything he just said, um, I would just add Super Mario RPG for me was was was, okay. was massive growing up because um, it's just such a feel good game, um, and and that kind of lighthearted tone is why RPGs are still like my favorite genre.
0: Nice, yeah, Super Mario RPG. So I, I again played and beat that one last year for the first time. It was a really good year for retro gaming, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it also holds up really, really well uh, so, some sort of modern iteration on that would, I think, go over Gangbuster so it blows my mind they haven't done it but yeah, SMRPG is is really excellent.
1: Origami King 2, that's what you want, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know what? My girlfriend played and
0: finished Origami King and, and it's extremely charming. Uh, the battle system looks like it gets very tedious but, but I think they, they're still making quality games. I just don't understand why they insist on all these gimmicks right but yeah anyways um anything else john any other favorites i mean, so of, of course then rpgs is, is your favorite genre as well
1: yeah um and jake covered fft so well i don't really need to go into it um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i want why don't you go
0: um yeah so i'll just add a couple more so i mean so to no surprise rpgs for me as well i i i i play less of them this is an interesting thing because nowadays like modern gaming i play less rpgs than i ever did growing up if i'm playing an rpg i'm often going back in time right and, and playing an older one that i've already played or one that i you know played and didn't get very far in to see if it still holds up and if i can actually finish it that kind of thing um but i actually tend towards more more action games nowadays so so jake to your point about the the turn-based battle systems feeling archaic i definitely agree um in certain situations especially certain games they just they did nothing to make the turn-based battling interesting at all i i disagree that there's like i think there's a place for it still I, I love when when games can iterate on the turn-based style and make it still engaging um i actually think the persona series is pretty good at that just because you're always kind of focusing on taking the most advantage of like enemy weaknesses and stuff like that and as soon as you fuck that up there's a huge you know tide turn and they can really destroy you guys Right, but you know, I, I would say in general, I definitely tend towards more action games today, which is interesting because I would definitely still say RPGs is my favorite genre. Nothing gets me as excited as like a good looking RPG. Um, the only ones that you guys didn't mention, I'm gonna kind of mention from the PS One era, uh, and I'll talk more about this series in a little bit. But uh, Lunar, which started on the um, was it the Sega CD I believe or the Sega Saturn? I think it was the Saturn. Um, it's it's just it's a JRPG from the nineties that eventually was remade uh and brought to um the West by a company called Working Designs, who gave it a really quirky, funny translation, um, which holds up really well today despite all their pop culture references. Uh that's that's definitely one of my favorite games ever and one of the ones that really was pivotal and, and you know, drawing me into gaming as a hobby. Uh I played uh, Dragoon recently again too. That was a last year project. Um I actually think that, as far as like turn-based battles go, Dragoon probably has one of my favorite turn-based systems ever, but with the whole input timing additions and stuff like that. Uh, the translation is really, really bad and doesn't hold up at all. It was actually one of the things that kind of prompted me to start learning Japanese so that maybe one day I can play some of these old PlayStation 1 or, P- or you know uh, SNES RPGs that are translated poorly in Japanese. Yeah, those would be two more that I that I really, really like from from that era. Um, why don't we kind of move to maybe some more modern game talk with talking about our, our favorite developer uh, and then maybe our favorite franchise from that developer. It doesn't have to be from them, but, um, John, do you want to start us off on this one?
1: Sure. Um, my favorite dev and favorite franchise are actually pretty far apart, but um, favorite dev is Yasumi Matsuno because of his storytelling and direction. Yeah. Um, the, you know, director of Final Fantasy Tactics. Before that, Tactics Ogre, background Story. Um, I believe he was like scenario writer on FF12. Pretty much yeah, anything yeah. to do with Ivalice. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that guy's on another level. Uh, but favorite franchise, actually, and this changes probably every fucking day. But uh, I, I can't get enough of a good Castlevania game. Mm. So right now, uh, I can't get any good Castlevania games because Konami's shit. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I, like, I'm, I'm hoping Igarashi brings out more Bloodstained and they continue to be awesome. So, Castlevania for me.
0: Yeah. Jake, what did you think about Bloodstained?
2: Did you play it? I played it. Um, I'll touch on that a little bit more in one of your later questions. So, I won't say too much about that okay. one now. Right. But, yes, I've played it.
0: Okay. I should mention that you two are both some of the the. I don't mean this in a negative way. Okay. Some of the pickiest people I've ever met in my life, especially when it comes to gaming. Obviously, it's a hobby you spend a lot of time in. So, um, and I, and I, John would be up there for me for one of the most particular people with his gaming. But Jake, I think you might actually have him beat. Um, but anyways, I'm curious to see what you say about Bloodstained. Um, my, my. So actually, I took the dev question a little bit differently, John. Instead of like a very particular person on a team, I, I just took a like a whole developer. Hmm. Um and for me it's it's got to be from software right now. Um nobody's doing anything well, I shouldn't say that. There are lots of people doing things like them, but nobody's able to capture the the level of of success and quality that they do from their from their series. So of course From Software makes all of the the Souls games, so Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2 and 3, uh Bloodborne, which is just really essentially a Souls game and then Sekiro, which is the most different of of them but still very very similar in a lot of respects. And Every single game of theirs from from Demon Souls onwards, I won't talk about their back catalog because I haven't played them. Um, they've all at one point essentially been a favorite of mine, uh, and and I can easily go back and play them at any time. I'd say if I had to pick a favorite, it might be, it might be Bloodborne. Um, I just love the the Gothic horror and like the Lovecraftian aspect of it, and, and the combat in that game just feels so buttery smooth. So now the favorite franchise, though, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I am just going to say the Souls born franchise um i'm extremely excited for elden ring if you'd asked me like three or four years ago what my favorite game of all time was i probably would have said dark souls one um i don't know if that holds today i might again i might cheat and just say souls games in general just because nothing i I find them the most moorish video game ever and by that i mean you you always just want to keep going you want to just see what's around the next corner they're very um i actually find they're, they're very similar to like metroidvanias in that regard where i have an easy time just you know a oh, one more one more section one more area one more boss that kind of thing so yeah they'd have to be souls and, and from software for me jake what about you um i kind of went the uh not
2: a particular individual route too and just like the square of old or square soft depending on whatever you want to call them back mm. then just like what they gave us back then, you know, Chrono Trigger, FF Seven, Final Fantasy Tactics, um, you know, between Sakaguchi and Matsuno like the games and the people I were, I seem to have been drawn to learning about them later in life. Seem to have come from that era, um, and they're the games I have like the fonder memories of. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say like the Square of old, um, maybe Enix too. Like there are some some gems I really liked back then too uh franchise wise if i looked at like what i've played and what i keep revisiting i i don't typically revisit a series um much like i might pick you know you could say like final fantasy but that's not really true i play one or two of them that i really like and i leave the rest alone i'd have to actually give it to arkham um because Mm -hmm. other than arkham knight i replay that series like and i play i replay it in chronological order like to make that point for myself nice um, you know i've got like three to four hundred hours over across them all on oh steam my God. not to mention i own them all and have beaten them all on my consoles as well <laughs> um, so it it is the series i return to because i don't know it just you know i don't even really play it the free flow combat way i, I play it the way i'd want to play batman right like i just like creep around and just like take people out like i just yeah, find you, it you're role-playing Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's the series I come back to when I like just want to chill. It's like, you know what, I've got a short amount of time. What's a game I know that's not going to waste my time um, that I know, because I've already enjoyed it. And I do that series. Uh, I just, you know, I like the comic stories. um, And, you know, Batman is just a, an interesting character for me too. So I I haven't really been deep into the comics and that. So I feel like I get a taste of it by, by playing these games.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100% as far as the... Like Batman, I, I love the Arkham games as well. I haven't played them nearly that much. But um, Asylum and uh, City were definitely great, great games. Um, yeah. and, and I really enjoyed how much of like the comics I kind of got to see through those games. Mm-hmm. One of the things that stands out for me is all those little... You could take like those pictures basically with his fancy bath scanner visor. Um, right. And it would give you kind of some lore about some of the like cellmates at Arkham Asylum and I remember for whatever reason Calendar Man sticks out of my head that he like would just right. do certain crimes or kill certain people on certain days and yeah it was really neat kind of building out that Batman mythos which of course I could have done reading the comics but I got to do firsthand playing the Arkham games yeah that, that's that's an interesting pick I knew you liked those but yeah fair enough I didn't know you played them quite that much the Arkham games are to Jake as Xenoblade Chronicles X is to John very good <laughs> yeah.
1: had to come up once this <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> yeah we can't not mention
0: it um <laughs> all right great let's move on to uh music i have a feeling we're going to be fairly similar on on this one but uh we decided just to kind of talk about our favorite soundtrack and then favorite composer and i'm actually fairly certain john and i have the same answer so i'm going to ask you to start jake um
2: music is hard for me i i don't like seek it out i i know in the same way you guys do you know like when it comes to like working like like I'm a programmer by trade I'm I'm all, I've, I'm even the odd man out a lot of the times when I talk to people like I work in silence like I don't have background music um I find it distracts me but if you ask me what I'm doing when I'm working out I hate the silence so then I seek music right like it's music is purposeful for me like I need it for certain things and I don't for others and it's kind of like that for me for gaming too like if you asked me a composer it, you'd be like The answer you would get is the one I heard listening to some podcast, right? (laughs) But like most recently, you know, there's, there's tracks from tactics that I love, but the, but the one that like most recently stands out to me is the Final Fantasy VII remake. I loved the remixes. I love the upbeat nature of the music. Um, it's the games tracks that stick out to me that I've been playing for like, you know, I've had that game since it came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I just, I, I really found I enjoyed the music in there. I wasn't like sitting around being like, damn, this part just like sucks. Like the music's horrible. Like the Colosseum, everything they picked felt on point for me. Um, like there's this song that, or a track that plays in the Genova Dreamweaver battle. And right when you get her to the final phase, it kicks in with the soundtrack from the original FF7 but they've like remixed it and i loved like little touches like that little nods back to the original um but if you ask me do i listen to those tracks outside of the game no like i've even i even tried listening to that track specifically where the audio was turned off like the game audio other than the music and it doesn't hit me the same way as when i'm playing the game like doing um you know task like mediating tasks for myself like switching between the characters it's a mixture of all of it that makes the track awesome for me not just the track on its own at least that's what i find um i I think for me music is just different than how you guys experience and appreciate it actually jake
0: Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna so the way you described it how you kind of how music is in your life i'm actually very much the same way i don't tend to have background music if i'm doing something like if i'm working on something at the computer i hardly ever just have music for for music's sake the mm-hmm. times I listen to music are, like you said, when I exercise. So if I go for a run, I cannot do it if there's dead silence. Right. To me, that's torture. But with music, it's great. Um, and then when I'm driving, so if I have like a trek to do somewhere, then you know I gotta put the music on. Right. Um, but yeah, actually, I don't as much as I love it. And you know, I, I play music, and and you know, music's it's, it's a big part of my life, but not as big as some people. And I definitely don't seek it out all the time. I, I have friends who. Like, if they're not listening to a song, it's like, you know, you're, you're depriving them of something important they need to live. And I'm right. certainly not, I'm not that, that extreme in that regard. Um, but no, that, that's, I, I would say I agree with that uh, kind of uh, relationship to music. I'm definitely very different, though, when it comes to the music uh, in the games I play. I, I really, I can listen to them outside of the game if, if they're very good. I'm not going to belabor this point too long because John and I are going to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake in an upcoming podcast. i have been playing it right now. I am enjoying it a lot more than I did the first time through. I have a lot of gripes. But actually, the music is one of my—it's my, a positive and a negative to me. Like you, Jake, I quite like a lot of the remixes they've done of the original songs. However, I always find myself craving more similarity than less. I find too often they take too many creative liberties with Final Fantasy VII Remakes, you know— historical song catalog and they don't sound quite enough like like the songs i know they're mm-hmm. not as as intentional with those like melodies and they're kind of hidden a bit more but like you said when they come through at the right time it feels fucking incredible like it captures that nostalgia perfectly you know i, I actually think that ff7 is nobuo uomatsu's like best soundtrack i really really think he, he hit the nail on the head and the Genova song you brought that up too that's one of my favorites by far. That's one that I actually have on my running playlist. So, yeah, right. a lot of similarities there for sure. Um, I'm going to just answer mine since I'm, I'm yapping now anyways. And I'm, I'm wondering, John, if you have the same answer. But So, favorite soundtrack for me, it has to be Chrono Trigger. I think Chrono Trigger, like every single song on that soundtrack is, is perfect. It, it, it suits exactly what it needs to suit. But they also stand out. So, so I really don't care for incidental music. I find that FF7 Remake's, all of its new music is very incidental. It's kind of meant to be heard, but not paid attention to. What I love about what Yasunori Matsuda did for Chrono Trigger is the music of course suited the mood, but they were all fucking bops that you could like, whistle to yourself after you were done playing. Almost every single song in that game, Um, you know, if, if I hear a song from Chrono Trigger, I'll know it's from Chrono Trigger, and I will get goosebumps. And a semi chub, and we're good to go. Um, yeah, so it has to be yes, Nori Mitsuda and Chrono Trigger. John, what did you say for the for the music question?
1: Uh, definitely Mitsuda, but I had a runner up, which was Yoko Shimamura, and that's because she did Legend of Mana and Super Mario RPG. Oh, okay. Uh, and Super Mario RPG, like you just described Chrono Trigger, they're like they're all super It's the same for Super Mario RPG for me. Like the the battle with Smithy, the um, oh the, you know,
0: the Smithy battle, so good.
1: The um, Mushroom Forest theme. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah it's just like really fucking solid tracks um and then Par- she did Parasite Evil also. I can still hear the oh, opening cool. in my mind because I, I fucking love that game that's awesome um, so she's she's like number two for me nice I had never actually looked into
0: who did the Super Mario RPG soundtrack she did a really good job I think of kind of capturing that Koji Kondo-esque like Mario soundtrack but then you know making it unique in her own that's that, that's really cool
1: Mm, uh, I think she's also responsible for uh, the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, okay.
0: We'll, that's, we'll just we'll, we'll forgive her that then, and we'll move on. <laughs> 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 um, we, uh, John, and I, you and I had talked about Chrono Cross uh, not too long ago, and we both had very positive memories of the soundtrack for Chrono Cross. So of course, Mitsuda did the soundtrack for that one too. Um, I think you said in listening to it through recently, it didn't quite hit the same as you remember it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree a lot with Jake's point there that the, I mean, the reason I have these memories of these tracks is because the context I first heard them in, right, which is playing this awesome game. But yeah, Yeah. you you go back and listen to that soundtrack on its own. Um, There's a lot I forget, uh, a lot of tracks that weren't memorable, so they're kind of new to me every time. Um, There's like two or three standouts, and then the rest kind of fade into the background. and, And if I do remember them, it's only because it was a great scene I first heard in or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely not... Uh, he, he was experimenting there, right? It's like a pretty eclectic soundtrack. Um, definitely.
0: You can tell just based on the instrumentation, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely not as memorable as as uh, Chrono Trigger or SMRPG.
0: Yeah. We should, well, at some point have to do a podcast just talking about like creativity from adversity and, and how they were able to pull so much out of like Super Nintendo hardware, right? And, and make these incredible soundtracks when they didn't have so much creative freedom and then when they were given more tools you know the result wasn't always necessarily as as pleasing to us but i think that's kind of an interesting topic
1: you know what it is they were allowed to uh live normal lives and it had an adverse effect on the art <laughs> right they didn't have to <laughs> to kill themselves
0: to finish the project you're right if they don't, that's, if they that's, don't that's... end
1: up in a hospital afterwards they really work that hard
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for the record this is not the the, the political position of branching path podcast that artists <laughs> must suffer just for the record um, Just being but shits. you know, it's good if they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's, let's kind of move on from music then. So this was a, a broader topic and, and this will kind of get into some of our more personal stories, but, um, most positive gaming memories. Um, John, do you want to start this one off?
1: Sure. Um, so there's some incidental stuff like, um, you know, I met a lot of friends playing MMOs like Ragnarok online and fly for fun. Um, and, I kept in touch with a number of them for, for several years even after we stopped playing the game. So that Great. that's always gonna be a positive memory. But a funny one that I still remember is actually Jake and I playing Legend of Mana and painstakingly translating the Dudbear language and then pissing our parents off by speaking Dudbear. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, that one too. <laughs> yeah, we like we had this fucking sheet of paper we were trying to figure out what the hell dub dub meant. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was ridiculous, but yeah, that was that's always a fun one. Um, oh, that, nice. That's that's all I've got. Why don't you go, Jake?
2: Yeah, the dub bear one for sure. Like you talk, you hear people talk about like making their own maps and stuff for games where they they get lost and stuff. Like I'd never been someone to do that. Um, But the dub bear thing is the only thing I can remember where I like whipped out paper and be like, I'm going to figure out what these fucking bears are saying. (laughs) And then I'm going to tell other people how to do it. Um, But yeah, like some of the other ones, John brought up Ragnarok online. Um, That is like the first and really the last MMO I felt like I was ever really into. Um, I remember so much about that game, staying home from school, my first like well-paid job working with my dad we we actually had our own private server because i was making good money
0: Mm oh wow oh right you guys hosted your own eh
2: yeah like i just i don't know like the that era that feeling for an mmo for me has never come back um part of it too is you know like i'm I'm a parent and and i just don't have time to sink into that shit but back then I just, man, I ate that up. I know, I, I don't even know how many days of school I missed playing that thing. Like, God, I'm <laughs> sick, uh, let me game. <laughs> um, but yeah, some God, of the other things. God, ones... was,
0: God was the name of your mom, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mom and dad, God, please.
2: Um, yeah, one memory I thought was funny too, like speaking of staying home, is we got the gold cart of Ocarina of Time, and I know for a fact that next day we stayed home playing that game. Oh, hell yeah. Um, another one too that's kind of like uh a little bit out there is avgn uh, just in a different direction like he's old uh like you know over a decade now and there hasn't been a, many channels or or media outlets for gaming that has stuck with me as long as him like i still re-watch uh, his playlists his seasons all the time um i, I don't know i just i i like love consuming that kind of content like there's like some call me johnny who's kind of along that line too like these guys it's just started way back when their videos were freaking garbage like the quality but the content was still fun to watch right um and then and kind of like the last one i'll hit on is a lot of like really awesome all-nighters playing like perfect dark and GoldenEye multiplayer with our uncles like i i remember the one time we were up playing perfect dark and doing like the the laptop guns on that like alien challenge where you use like the sedatives and it was like 6 a.m in the morning and my grandpa was getting up to go to work he's like you guys are still playing We're like yep <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: um but yeah that that game uh we rotted on that one uh with the with our uncles <laughs>
0: nice i didn't know that you played as much perfect dark as you did
3: mm-hmm
0: I remember our uncles being really excited for the, the, the 360 launch because Perfect Dark was launching with it, and then it was a steaming hot pile of garbage. Oh, yeah, that's I, that's yeah. in my negative
2: memories. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry to spoil that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm now just realizing acutely how upsetting that was for them. I didn't really get it at the time. Um, yeah, um, I've got a couple more, so uh, bear with me if I kind of ramble for too long. Just tell me to shut up if it gets tedious. But, ramble um, women. So one is... is with with you, John, and your mom, we were at a Walmart in, in my hometown. And we were in the truck. We'd just gotten there and I was I was, I think, in Lavender Town in Pokemon Red. And I was climbing that tower with all the dead Pokemon, right? The ghastlies and stuff like that. And uh the battery was was very low, so on a Game Boy color, it had that little red light that would come on if the battery was gonna die soon. Um and I, I couldn't save, right? And and we got to Walmart and your mom said, Okay, turn it off, we're going inside. And of course, if it was my mom, I would have just had to do that. She like there, that was it. You know, it's too bad you lost. However long you've just been playing, um, move on. We're going, you know, to church. But uh, <laughs> you, you John, were like, I, I, in my mind, you were like kind of rude and standoffish. But you're probably just like, no, mom, like you can't save the game, and it's gonna die soon, so he has to finish this. But in my mind, you were like this shining, you know, hero <laughs> on a hill. You were Gandalf, come with the army to at Helm's Deep. And you're like, no! Like, he has to, he, he has to save the game, and it's going to die soon. He can't just leave it in here turned on because he could lose everything. So he's not going to do that, Mom. He's going to finish the battle, and he's going to save. Um, and that was a really positive moment for me. Somebody finally understood that I had to save the fucking game. I you know, hope I parents... didn't say
1: it that way because I sound like <laughs> a real dick. <laughs> no, again, I'm sure
0: you didn't, but in my memory, that's how you did it. Um, but, you know, our parents, of course, like, the parents just never understand what the hell saving a game means. It just means nothing to them. Especially when they don't really take much interest in the hobby to begin with. So, yeah, that was right. a stand-up moment for me. Um, <laughs> another is actually, so this is, again, at your guys' place. Of course, I have tons of, of gaming memories at, at your guys' house, because I'd always go over and bug you guys. But um, one was, I think you had rented Legend of Lagaya on the, on the PSX. Um, Sweet. Which is an awesome game. It doesn't hold up super well. John and I tried it a couple of years ago, but it still has a special spot in my heart for sure. And it was late at night. I think your parents had finally gone to bed, and we got the TV, and we all just kind of laid back against the coffee table, and I just watched you guys play Legend of Gaia. And I was really young, so I, I didn't really understand what was going on, but I thought it looked super cool. And yeah, that just, it's a super brief memory, but it's it's been something I've kept with me since I was like five or six years old. So clearly it, it had some sort of impact. Um, another one is uh, with with our uncles actually. So two of them, uh, the three of us would would play. Halo 3 in particular a lot they were always big FPS fans those were the perfect dark guys um, and, and they loved Halo of course growing up um, and the three of us had a, a weekly or, or multiple times a week kind of go online with our little trio, we had the same icon it was a little skull and, and something else to show that we were kind of the same you know, tribe and we just do our best to, to rack up the kills and, and that was something we did for probably over a year um, and then I can't, you know, I can count on I need a lot of hands. I don't know where, how I was supposed to say that more eloquently. I fucking flubbed that <laughs> enormously. We did a lot of gaming at their house, too, and, and, and there was drinking involved in a lot of very fun nights with, with alcohol and, and Halo 3, so that's another one for me. Um, I think I'll leave it there. Any other positive memories, or are we going to move on to some negatives?
1: Let's get on to the dark shit.
0: Let's get on to the dark Dude. shit. This is what people came here for, for the fight. <laughs> uh, okay, Jake, why don't you start us on the on the negative gaming memories?
2: uh i'm gonna start with banjo kazooie nuts and bolts (laughs) i i love wow banjo kazooie and banjo Tooie and and just fuck that game um yeah yeah i just i don't know like same with the perfect dark sequel those were two games coming from that generation that i was like ready for some cool like revamps of yeah it had been so long too right yeah and they both just sucked like i I don't know. I'll leave it at that. Like they're not worth talking about. I, they annoy me so much. Like especially the perfect dark one. I remember being at, at like the, our uncle's place and like everybody was like ready to go and like this fucking right. sucks. Like oh. <laughs> whoever. Like I don't know. It was probably Isaac or Peter who spent the money on it. Like you poor bastards. But yeah. um,
0: everybody in real time collectively just realizing what a fucking mistake it was and how terrible. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say some of these other ones that I'm going to say they're negative, but not
2: negative as in the games are bad, just things that I remember that kind of course, pissed of me course. off. Um, so, it's going to come back to tactics a few times. You can get stuck saving too deep into multi-stage battles, mm-hmm. um, and this happened to me with both Elmdor and the Assassins on the rooftop fight and on Velius. When Velius. You get in and so both times I restarted the game and oddly enough came back as monks and just fucking obliterated them <laughs> um, You just like put two hand on a knight. And yep. just like you, you can die now yep. um, and then maybe like An event I guess that I would have considered negative that stuck with me the longest was Eris's death and um, You know, I tried to think of other characters that were like this that really stuck with me, and I couldn't think of any. I I wanted to say Teta and Tactics, but you don't get to know Teta. No. Um, You're you're upset because she's an innocent. Like, you would feel that way about any innocent. I, I mean, hopefully you would um dying in a game like in a situation don't don't speak for the listeners yeah we can have have
0: sociopaths welcome okay a listen is a listen
2: um and then kind of a humorous one because i know you're gonna shit on me is kyle asking so many times if we could level up his guys um (laughs) like we were a bunch of i'm picturing john and i having an app called grinder but it's a very different (laughs) app where we're getting pinged from kyle being like you just level up my guys i'm like the worst task in which in which
0: uh which games
2: I want to say I know for sure FF7, um, and probably a few others that, I I don't know, John, you might be able to remember more, but I know you and I have even joked about, like, that we used to have to do that, and it's like, the task you least want to do, you're running around on a map. Grinding, of course, yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, I was a a smart little fucker. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I honestly don't remember that at all. I don't remember asking you guys to level. I remember calling all the time to ask for help in what to do in games. Especially, actually, this is a positive memory for me. I'm going to go back for one. Um, I think John took the brunt of these calls, but but especially for, I think, Legend of Mana on the PlayStation 1, because it's so kind of open in how you can develop the world, I was at such a loss for what to do, but I was so intent on seeing it because I thought the game was so cool. So I called you probably every day, if not multiple times, um a day to to ask what the hell i was supposed to do so it's a positive for me maybe that makes your negative list but uh, for me it was it was awesome it was very cool having you guys there to to help me out
1: uh yes. yeah yeah those things are positives for me uh, and I, I i'm getting a kick remembering you asking us to level your guys now too. <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember exactly what game but it definitely happened once or that's time. that's awesome yeah good for me good for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> any any other uh, negatives jake
2: Nothing I can think of off the top of my head. Those probably sum it up pretty good.
0: Okay. I wanna quickly probe your are putting Aerith's uh uh death on that list. Do do you actually count that as like a negative memory? Do you look back on that and have negative feelings about it? Or or was it just because in the moment it was sad, but ultimately it made for like a, a you know, a better story and, and like a, a more remembered story for Final Fantasy Seven?
2: Yeah, like it's negative because it was negative for me at that point in time. Um right. like I was, you know, a young teenager, probably maybe even actually probably younger than that when I first got my hands on it. So it, it's just the first character I can think of really liking and and then being killed. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's that's the main stemming from it. Not that it like takes away from FF7's story.
0: Yeah, I guess it was probably the first thing that taught you that main characters can die. So that's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, John, why don't we do you next?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, so, I've, I've got a couple here. Number one on my list has got to be deleting my own endgame save file of Alundra El- 2. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: on, that's on my list too, John, because uh, anyway, I'll let you tell the story.
1: But <laughs> so, Kyle was, was over watching me play Alundra 2. We were having a good time. Uh, and he wanted to get his hands on it he wanted to start his own file so i I just i have this vivid memory of being like okay no problem but let me start this file for you so you don't accidentally save over my my slot and then i deleted my own fucking slot (laughs) (laughs) and i was at the final boss like he was watching me try to beat the final boss and i just couldn't get it down so i i decided to take a break and, and let him have a turn at it and here goes my fucking
0: progress. Yeah, I so in the moment, John had didn't realize he'd done it either. So so John was like kind of trying to set me up, and then I saw him delete his file, which they clearly made too easy. But I was like, John, I think you just deleted yours. And he's like, what? No, I didn't. I remember being like, you fucking idiot. Of course I didn't do that, like, you fucking dumb piece of shit. Stupid and shit. And then he... and then he realized he did it and i just it's a very negative memory for me because of course i felt like it was partially my fault if i hadn't asked him to play it wouldn't have happened and he was like so i was like i was horror i was mortified for you you were at the fucking last boss i had just seen you try him a couple of times yeah that was a rough one
1: Now kyle blocked this part out but i beat him viciously yeah yeah i don't remember that john always tells me but i don't remember it so that's good yeah Uh, next on the list would be watching the guys, our, our uncles, play um, what I think was Frankenstein or, or a Dracula game on the Sega CD. And me being the little shit that I am, I didn't understand what this would do. But I asked them as I was crossing the room to, to take a look. I asked them, what are you guys playing? They told me. I just like didn't fucking register. But I pushed the button and I opened the disc tray. So I could look at the the, uh, the, the cover art on <laughs> the CD, nice. and of course I can s- destroyed their progress, and they're just they're flipping out at me. and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> I tried Sega to close CD, the lid so it, it up, would go guys. back. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's what you should have said. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you complaining about? I
1: saved you some time. <laughs> You're lucky it's not sewer shark. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's pretty um, hilarious that you like like some sort of you know, complete idiot child. Just like, what this do? You just <laughs> just, <laughs> fuck, it's just like, it's like, like, it's basically like, you That's know, going to, going to a PlayStation 5 today and doing the same thing, right? What are you playing? And then just hitting eject disc. <laughs> yeah, That's right. uh, very funny. Very funny. Yeah, so, uh, nice. Any others? Uh,
1: yeah, I've got two more. Um, so I play, I was into Dead or Alive 5 quite a bit because I, I like that fighting system so much. And of course, all the TNA. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I was playing online, and we were just in this in this lobby where this, um, what's his name? It's like a drunken boxer character. I think his name's like Brad Wong or something like that. Um, and the, the player controlling him was, like, fucking amazing. He was kicking all of our asses. And he's skilled. He was a nice guy talking in the chat. And the assholes that he was beating the crap out of um, just couldn't take it. And they, they were just laying into him with, like, just disgusting graphic racist language until eventually he got so tired of it he left the lobby um so i thought those pieces of shit really ruined a good time
0: yeah yeah that's a good uh you know reminder that online communities often suck but
1: they sure do and then the last one is playing rocket league where this is kind of a mix like pro and con i guess but i got my first piece of hate mail telling me to get cancer and die because i won that's Jeez. pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't really enjoy competitive stuff online anymore because people just they take all the fun out of it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that's it for me, though.
0: Okay. Um, I've only really got like a couple here, but the, the one that stands out the most in my, my mind is, is with the game called Crystalis, which was an, an originally a, a Nintendo game, like a, an NES game, that was ported to the Game Boy Color. And I played that game on and off like my whole childhood, because it was hard, and I wasn't very, very good at games. So if, you know, and, and I don't know what it was about being a kid. I did this all the time. I would get to a point where the game was too hard. I'd stop playing it for a little bit, and then I would, of course, always come back and start from scratch. So I'd never make any fucking progress, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times I did that. But with Chrysalis, I had finally gotten to the point where you get all four of the elemental swords, and they come together to become. The Chrysalis, which, of course, the game's name after. And I was, like, tears in my eyes excited about this because I'd never seen this before. I'd played this game for years, and I was actually finally seeing new content now because I, I got there. Um, and in my my haste to save my game, I deleted my fucking file. So, you know, the the days of deleting save files, man. So many sad stories. Um, Yeah, I, 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 I cried. I literally, you know, wept real, you know, child tears. And I remember my mom... Kind of like being embarrassed. And she's like, Why are you crying? And I was like, I deleted my game. And she's like, That's dumb. <laughs> and that, that, that made it sting all the more. Moms can be savage sometimes. Um, um, second one for me, uh, so the Chrysalis one, that one really, really sucked. But second one for me is, I don't know if I mean, it's not like a strong negative, but I, it, I just find it, kind of find it an interesting story. When I would go to your guys' house and watch you guys play like PSX games in particular, like so i actually final fantasy 7 i distinctly remember it overwhelmed me like I, I thought they looked so cool but like the whole menus on the screen and like choosing attacks and stuff i hadn't played a lot of rpgs on this nest that i'd really given much time to so i wasn't really used to that yet and i remember thinking that all looks super fucking cool final fantasy tactics looks awesome but it's way too scary so i'm gonna ask mom and dad for a nintendo 64 for christmas instead of for a playstation um and like jake said earlier the 64 has some amazing like he's, you know gems on them that stand out to this day but a lot of a lot of you know forgettable stuff and i'd say it's a pretty small library of, of truly excellent games so i remember thinking you know kind of a year after that like oh shoot i played some really good games on this but i'd always go to your guys place and see you playing those you know final fantasies and whatever else it was and really regretting that i had asked for a nintendo 64 and not a playstation so thanks guys for for that <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. It's good. Um, and the last one, this is, I mean, it's not that interesting a story. It's the same thing with the save file crap, but one of my favorite games of all time. It's called uh, Lunar. Um, I was playing it on the, on the PSX. Our uncle was the one who actually had the, the game, and, and I think that's probably, John, how you first played it too, was him the- lending it to you and, the, and then to me. Um, and it was the same thing. So many times I'd play these games. I, I guess I just had no aptitude for gaming as a child. I don't know how I was as bad as I was for so long. Because I'd just never get anywhere, and then I'd start over again. But I'd finally gotten to what I thought was the final dungeon of that game. And again, it was super hype. It was going to be amazing. I saved my game just fine this time. When I came back to play it the next session, the save file was gone. The memory card had just corrupted, and it wasn't there anymore. Um, and that one really, really hurt. It was years later yet that I finally ended up getting the game and buying it for myself. And then and then beating it. Um, I also... this is I guess I'm remembering things as we tell these stories. But I remember when i was playing lunar and i got to the point where it's revealed that a character named lakey is actually the hero of legend dragon master dyne and i remember literally calling everyone i knew like all of my friends and and, and john you as well to say holy cow lakey is dyne like i just I, I fucking what a dick move first of all if anybody because you know a couple of my friends had played the game and hadn't beaten it and I was just like, no, everybody has to know this is the biggest revelation um, since the second coming. Uh, and I remember just calling you and being like, dude, freaking Lakey is dying, dude. And I don't know John, if you knew that at that point or not, but I think I just remember you saying like, oh, wow, that's really cool. You, you humored me. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> now I'm just um, thinking, I'm, I'm just picturing you saying that like, this is what they should be teaching in church. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would, I would have
0: enjoyed church a lot more if they taught that then, but yeah. Um, okay, good. Why don't we move on from our some some of our um, negative memories then and talk about what got us into gaming, in particular, who got us into gaming. I'm probably just going to talk about you guys a lot when we do this. Um, John, who got you, or what got you into gaming, um, first and foremost?
1: Uh, easy answer for me, and Jake, you're probably the same. It's just watching our uncles play. Um, yep. You know, they were the like first exposure to like every kind of game. Uh, and Isaac, I have vivid memories of Isaac just humoring me a lot asking questions. Um, down in the basement with a Commodore or their NES, or the fact that they didn't beat me to death when I opened that discray. <laughs> 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 or disc lid whatever well they no they it. they did beat you up
0: john you just don't remember it yet. i've locked it out okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and they beat me into unconsciousness that the memories of fate yeah. kindness that's the definition of kindness <laughs> um yeah definitely just watching them play uh and you just you just mentioned um if it wasn't for uncle pete it would i never would have been introduced to stuff like lunar or pop fantasy tactics right yeah 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 or Resident Evil, for that matter, and my my ongoing love of horror.
0: Yeah, for just for for the record too. So, we we have a pretty big extended family, and you know we've got a lot of uncles just on that one side that we all share, um, and they're all quite young. So that's why kind of growing up, we always you know looked up to them and, and kind of hung out with them. They were, of course, older than you guys, yet, but not by a ton. They were older hmm. than me by probably about a, a decade or a little bit more. Some of them less, but yeah. So it was it was interesting. We we definitely. I think all of us idolized them to a degree, and that's probably one reason that seeing them play games had such a big impact. Jake, anything anything to add as far as kind of any particular memories for what got you into gaming or who?
2: Um, I guess, like, the one thing is our youngest uncle is only five years difference from me, so him and I were quite close when we were young. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I remember him distinctly playing Final Fantasy Tactics, and I kind of knew, like, I was going to get into that. Um, <laughs> I remember, like, one of my uncles, I think it was John, playing FF7, and him, you know, give, giving me a chance to play it, too. And I think it was specifically on, like, the early Scorpion battle. Um, and then kind of, like, one that stuck out to me is when FF8 came out. I remember my Uncle Pete buying that for a 100 bucks, And just at the time, it was, like, expensive, <laughs> right? And it was like, yeah. shit, four discs. You're like, goddamn. Right. Like, uh and of course, it's a horrible game, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but, <you're done>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like those are a couple of like the key ones that stuck out to me. They, they kind of are all around that Final Fantasy era, um, making me like really want to get into things outside of my maturity level at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. That, that definitely is my experience with the whole maturity level thing, too. And, and one of the reasons, of course, I was so nervous to get a PlayStation. I just didn't think I was ready um right. but yeah for for me it, it's a similar story just i'm kind of one one generation removed almost it was always you guys so of course you know i, I hung up with our uncles a lot growing up too and they were always role models for me and, and i'd see them play games and like i said we played halo together and stuff like that but as for what really got me into it um i'd say it was it was jake and, and john you, you two who really were the kind of prime motivators there i'd always see you guys playing games and inevitably you want to try it yourself and, and then it kind of went from there I, I do have a lot of memories actually god damn it these positive memories keep coming back um i've got (laughs) one more but just just kind of on this topic my my dad did play video games when he was younger so i remember he had a a nintendo and he played a ton of mario and and actually Mega Man back in the day too um so when i was a kid and we had the super nintendo with that big bag of games we'd often played together if we could we actually played a lot of battletoads together and i have a fond memory of uh of having an earache and us kind of you know he, he stayed up late with me because i couldn't sleep so we went downstairs and it was like you know two or three in the morning and we just sat there and played battle toads and i don't know if he'd enjoy me telling this story but so our, our background is interesting uh they come from a pretty poor background in mexico um, and one of the things that you would do to help with an earache of course is to blow <laughs> cigarette smoke down somebody's yep. ear canal yeah. Uh, so he did that for me too that night and and it felt great so maybe there's something to it. <laughs> no, please don't <laughs> blow cigarettes smoke in people's ears. But yeah yeah that's it's definitely you guys were that were the number one you know and then it was just the thing that we always kind of coalesced around even today you know anytime we talk about stuff, it's almost always gaming as kind of the, the, the glue that binds what always you know, starts a conversation. And then we realize we, we don't really like each other outside of that so we take a break from each other for a while, which is nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was you that's guys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay uh let's uh let's all do some bragging for a little bit now so let's talk about your most prized gaming possession i'm going to start this one off because i have a, an answer right away it's kind of tied for me i found at a flea market last year uh, a japanese copy of chrono trigger the super nintendo game um in the box with the manual in excellent condition nice. uh Japanese games are, are way cheaper, like retro Japanese games are way cheaper in, in North America than like, you know, the English version of Chrono Trigger. That goes as high as like 500 bucks or more if it's in good condition. So this was, I think, around 80. So still not cheap, but way, you know, way more affordable than a normal Chrono Trigger. And as I said, I'm, I'm kind of trying to, you know, I'm slowly learning Japanese. So one of my goals is to eventually get a compatible machine to play that thing on the original hardware and, and, and read the Japanese and yeah. I might die if that happens just out of a, like, completeness of life. You know what I mean? So be warned um, if I start <laughs> that. And then the second thing that might tie with it is... Um, so, again, growing up, we were all kind of just before the Internet and growing up into the Internet age. So, you know, it was it was still really new when, when we were young and playing games or, it, you know, barely existed. And it was very difficult to find information on games, especially, like, Japanese RPGs, right? They were barely barely kind of breaking through the mold in north america at the time like chrono or sorry fantasy 7 was probably one of the the first ones that really launched that that whole genre into kind of the the public consciousness um of the time so i would go to a store um a town about an hour from where we lived that was uh called playmania and they had a ton of used games and a ton of really rare games and i remember my parents would take me maybe once every couple months i'd you know saved up allowance or something And they'd say, fine, you can go buy a game at this store. And I would basically, because we were so like anime deprived, but, you know, growing up, it was this special thing we all loved that we could barely get our hands on. So anything that looked mildly anime was immediately intriguing. Um, We'd find all the, I'd see all these anime covers and kind of just try games based on that. And I'd pay outrageous amounts of money for this game that was total shit. So Thousand Arms, (laughs) for example, I have a game called Thousand Arms on my shelf right here, which is absolute garbage but the cover looked cool. Um, But I, so I remember one day we went and it had been years since I'd played Lunar. My, my, you know, given it back to my uncle and I hadn't really seen it since. I probably could have gotten it back from him if I really wanted, but in my mind it was gone. I was maybe never going to play Lunar again. My favorite game ever. And I saw it on the shelf in, in the, in this like big, thick, fat, like cardboard box. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Of course I didn't say that because I was a good Christian boy um i probably said like oh my gee papa what's that on the shelf um but he the, you know the guy took it down and i was losing my shit because it came with this amazing like hardcover little manual with all this awesome art in it it had um the, the music cd and then the game of course too and uh yeah so i still have that like big collector it wasn't a collector's edition when, when they released the game here i think this was primarily how it was sold because Working Designs is a crazy company who always goes all out. Of course, they're now defunct, long defunct. But um, that, and then I also found Lunar 2 eventually. And, and here's another, like, another positive story, I'm sorry. But knowing nothing about these games because we couldn't look them up on the internet, I had no idea there was a sequel to Lunar. So one day I go to the store, and I look at the shelf, and I see Lunar 2. And then I was really shitting my pants because it was like the biggest surprise ever and the best surprise ever. So then I bought Lunar 2, and it's in even better condition than the, the Lunar One box I have. So those those two, or the Chrono Trigger Japanese, it's it's the new hotness. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. But the Lunar game is probably overall have to take the cake. Sweet. Um, Jake, what about you?
2: Um, I have a couple of them. Uh, John actually got me a, ni- a really nice FF7 display. Um, it's one I was kind of like playing the FF7 remake. So it's like a steel poster. Nice um i have a nice copy of radiata stories in a in a good copy of the case too oh sweet um and most recently i bought um analog super nt and sega sg so funny that you brought up the japanese version these you are have that thing uh, they will be here Monday, so they. Oh. this is region free, so I, it just, I'm about to It just to have...
0: came back in stock like a little while ago, and yeah, I was and that's so I close. Them. Oh, you son of a B. <laughs> I came so close to pressing purchase. Oh, yeah. dude, that's amazing. So I amazing. bought
2: those two, um, so I know I'm going to get my use out of them. Um, and, you know, with my young daughter, like, I'm hoping to have, like, uh, good modern versions of them to play on, like our, our higher-deaf TVs these days, too.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. That'll be great
2: so yeah those are my my primary like three or four at the moment right now
1: sweet cool John you uh I'm gonna back mine up with uh, another positive memory because I don't really have a lot to mention here um but um you, you know for me to get access to new stuff I would often trade in stuff I already had so yep. I could subsidize the cost so a lot of stuff I wish I still had I'd probably trade it in um but I will say for uh I don't know if prized possession, but my first ever import game, like Japanese import game, was Dragon Quest Builders, because I wanted to, to play that to like practice the language. So I, I still have that. I still like that. I that I, I spent the cash on that. Nice. Um, but positive memory-wise, something I just remembered while we were talking, um, it's actually tied to Chrono Cross because we had uh, a family dog, a little shit named Lex, and at the time he had this hot spot rash on his nose, uh, and. I don't know if it's actually heat-related, but anyway, it was itching him like crazy. The vet told us to prevent him from scratching it, otherwise he would just make it worse. So everybody was sleeping. Lex was super uncomfortable. He wanted to touch his nose like crazy. So I just I had him in my lap there, and for like eight hours, I was playing Chrono Cross on the living room floor. He would try to touch his nose. I'd stop him from doing it. And eventually, he just passed out in my lap, and I was playing until like the wee hours. So that's, that's a nice memory there. That's, that's <laughs> adorable. That's. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Gold. nice very good cool um okay so i think i won the exchange there with the best possession i don't know jake's <laughs> jake's dropping that fucking bomb that he's getting yeah i don't know maybe you win jake that's right eat shit lunar <laughs> god damn it um all right so speaking of lunar eating shit uh what is the most underrated game in your opinion um i don't know i didn't i'll be honest with you i didn't have a, a great answer for this i i feel like the people who have played Lunar One are more or less pretty positive on it. Like there's a, you know, I haven't seen a lot of shit talking of, of Lunar. Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty solid RPG. It, it holds up pretty well. I played it again last year too, and I actually thought it was was pretty great. Um, it's just not very well known. I would say that it really didn't, you know, break into the mainstream in North America, especially. I'd be very curious to know, um, John, you said this the other day, how how popular it ended up being in Japan. I'd be very very curious to know kind of how many people there would know much about Lunar, but. I really wish I remember you know when I was in the thick of it of course as a kid playing the game it's all I wanted to talk about but nobody knew anything about it except for like you guys and I think of the two of you John you were the only one that really played much of it so I had one person to talk about Lunar with Um, so it's kind of my easy go to answer I'm going to say Lunar uh, just so everybody has the full title in case you want to go looking for one of my favorite games ever it's Lunar Silver Star Story and Complete is added on if it's the PS1 remake which in my opinion is the best version of that game
1: and don't play the PSP one.
0: Oh, oh, ho, ho. don't do it! <laughs> Absolute butchering of that game. <laughs> yeah, um, John. What about you? Most underrated
1: game? Um, uh, like like you there. I don't think there's something I like that that I, I think is underrated from the perspective that nobody else seems to like it. More like they're not aware of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and there's there's a couple here that I just never hear anybody talk about. Um, Shadow Hearts 2 on PS2. I absolutely loved that game. Um, it was such a strange, like, alternate history setting where your characters are chasing down Rasputin and you're, you're huh. going through, like, some real world locations. But it's also a turn based RPG with timed inputs. <laughs> um, it, it was just a really wacky game uh, with some pretty cool party members. And I, I didn't know, I don't know anybody else who played that game. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do they talk about uh,
0: the fact that Rasputin historically was said to have an enormous uh, cock? Is that, <laughs> it? is that featured in the game at all?
1: Prominently. Oh, yeah, I, hope, I hope the, it is. It's on the box <laughs> art. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, real, by
0: the way. I wasn't just shit-talking. Apparently he had a, just a huge member. And, and my girlfriend listened to a podcast about him recently, which is why I know.
2: That's where the Saints Row dildo came from. I get it. <laughs> the dildo Rasputin. sword. It's Resputin. Nice. There
1: you go. Yeah. I think they mentioned that in uh, Epic Rap Pals. Oh, yeah. They, they must, yeah. <laughs> um, aside from that, uh, custom robo on the GameCube. I didn't know anybody who played that. I had such a good time with that.
0: Oh, holy shit. That was that like fighting game where you
1: built those robots. Is that right? Yep, and you're you're like um, in a square three D arena running yeah. around.
0: Yeah, it was like kind of anime inspired, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow, that was a blast from the past. I, I remember loving that game.
1: I had tons of fun with that. And uh, a slightly more modern one would be Lost Odyssey. I only know like one other person who played that game.
0: I'd say that game is pretty like critically acclaimed, but I agree it doesn't have a huge, huge following. Not a ton of people have played it, I think.
1: Right. Um, that's it for me though. Okay, hey, Jake. Most underrated game.
2: Uh, mine too is kind of, I think, probably more popularity. It's yep. uh, Radia Auto Stories. Um, I really like that game. I don't know if it just like hit me at the right time, but I can replay it. I don't really know anyone else who's really gotten into it. Like, I know. I, I, I guess I more recently learned that you have been into it, Kyle. Hell yeah! Um, Beat it last year. But yeah, like I don't know. Uh, that game, I, I've always struggled to get into the multi-character recruitment or, like, entire cast recruitment games in other series. They just haven't done it for me. Um, Radiata is really lighthearted. The art, uh, the characters, the world, I always think it aged really well. The combat, not so much. Um, but everything else about that game, I don't know. It's just, it's like a this nice pinnacle look to me for what a ps2 can do like i I think to this day it still looks like gorgeous um i I know like technically it'd probably have to go to like the ff12 like zodiac edition or something like it that that game is phenomenal looking too but this feels like more artistic like painting um yeah so that would probably be my pick i i love that game the recruitment mechanic and the separate schedules it's it's so addicting
0: yeah it was it was really good I, i really enjoyed it um I actually think the combat, yes, it's it's not amazing. It's aged a little bit, but even it was a bit. It had more depth to it than I expected. A lot of the, like the weapon skills and stuff were really cool. Um, yeah, and the link system. Yes, the link system was was really interesting. It was a bit janky sometimes. If they yeah. like really fine tune that, that'd be amazing. Yet yeah, the link system was really cool. Um, I also was surprised. I didn't remember there being so many different weapon types that that Jack could use. Yeah. Um, and they all play pretty differently. So yeah, that was sick. A, a plus a huge bonus in my mind for that game is that uh his armor changes anytime you get a new set yeah
2: that and was, he's just kind of like a funny like shonen type character like yeah. right right away the game starts with him going to his dorm and he has like that death whale and the guy's just like if you're done you can come in now like it's just it hit me right away as being <laughs> yeah. like funny
0: yeah um
2: so yeah just yeah, no, uh, it's got it's,
0: a, a great sense of humor it, it, it yeah it holds up very well if, if you're interested in a good like action rpg um of Stories is really good. I do want to have... This is my quick uh, airing of, of Dirty Laundry with that game, though. I was enjoying it enough that I was going to recruit every single human character. I did the human side first, and I was going to do the new game plus and then recruit every single non-human character so that I could perfect the game, basically, and, and max out that character list, which totals like 180 or something ridiculous. Right. Um, and I was really enjoying like going through, getting all the characters. There's so many... A lot of them are, you know, you're never going to use them because they're just better, cooler ones. Um, but it was just cool kind of, you know, playing out their little story or whatever you had to do to get them. And I, I like that a lot of the time it's just a matter of basically finding them in the road, kicking their shins enough times that they get into a fight with you, beating yeah. the shit out of them, and they're like, all right, yeah, we're friends. Let's do it. Um, that was fun. But there's one character, Jack's sister, in that game that you have to talk to at very particular points in the story, and if you miss one of them, and it's a pretty small window, and there's no indication, by the way, the game doesn't tell you anything about this, if you don't read it in the guide, or get lucky, you wouldn't know. If you miss her at that one point, she's not recruitable. So I got every single person but her, and then I, I beat the game, and I said I'd never play it again. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it is very good. I, I really enjoyed it. There's a reason I went out and, and bought it yet, so yeah. Um, Okay, why don't we move on to most overrated game?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, um, Jake, you want to start us off on most overrated?
2: Uh, Sure. I kind of had like two here, but I'm just going to stick with one. One for me is Minecraft. I think it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, I love what people create in it, but outside of it, it's like I can't get into it. No matter how many times I try, I'm just like I don't want to play it. Yeah, Um, I I, I get that. But the one that, like, bothered me, like, Minecraft, to me, like, not liking it's like, whatever, it it doesn't affect me at all. Like, it's amazing (laughs) what they're still doing. Yeah. Um, But it's it's bloodstained. Fuck that game. Oh, oh.
0: Like, I was so... This this take is really hot. Just let me get my fucking oven mitts here. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) It
2: was so boring. Like, having played Symphony of the Night... Uh, And being such a huge fan of it, this is like, felt like the Banjo-Kazooie thing to me. Like, I get that it's 3D, it looks gorgeous, but whoever thought that whip attack was a good idea is a fucking idiot. Like, what is she doing twirling like the gymnastic ribbon when she hits somebody with that weird arc? And like, I just came off of at the time playing Chasm, and that is by no means like a great game, but the 2D whip uh effect and delay is so damn satisfying i was i was just craving and i remember like telling john like you know we need to like if we're gonna like make one at, uh, like a castlevania-esque game one day like i want to do it like where it feels like like chasms whip and it just kind of had me in this mode i was like ready for for like a, a whip weapon again and i was firing up bloodstained and i just like it's one of those cases where could these people just stop talking? Like, if you just didn't say anything, I would have so much more fun. Sure. Just just stop talking. Like, everything they say is garbage. And every, like, encounter with these characters are so, like, stiff. I feel like if I had played the 2D version, uh, I can't remember what that one's called. Like, where they did that ritual. Of the, is it Ritual of the Night 2? I don't know um where they did like in that nest style i would have had more fun because i bet you it wouldn't have tried to have a story um but yeah for for games that bothered me and and disappointed me and though seem to be well liked and i'm sure it's just because it's got that guy's name on it that he can just like jizz in any direction and it's gonna hit gold but um (laughs) that yeah it's it's got to be bloodstained for the most recent one that that upset me
0: that classic measure of success jizzing and hitting gold oh <laughs> yeah. well, look at
2: that kickstarter it's uh, he did uh, his name's worth something it's, yeah, it reminds sure. me of mighty number no. 9 just like uh, just you know you so much promise and you're like
0: nope thankfully that game was properly it was properly estimated everybody knew it was trash and it was trash mm-hmm. yeah that was a huge, yep. huge bummer um just so just to get this straight though my understanding is you played a game with a cool whip you came to Bloodstained, where whips are one of many weapon options, and frankly, yes, a very lackluster one, so I never used them. <laughs> and you're like, I only wanted to play with the fucking whip, so I'm done with you, you son of a bitch. And you oh to- no, it's
2: it's much more than that. Like, I hate the way, the dialogue between the characters, I hate it. Like, the big-breasted cleric woman, like, you yeah. can, like, the, all the tropes, like, I, I get it, like the gothic type wear and all that stuff, but it's just one of those things where when i'm replaying symphony of the night they talk so little yeah for it, sure. it doesn't matter like i i i appreciate when people don't try to go out of their way to just have filler plot you could just say nothing just drop me off here and tell me i gotta eradicate these people and give yeah, me satisfying yeah. gameplay and I'd, I'd eat it up but that hey, game I... tried to to explain itself and i was like oh no
0: yeah, no, it, it definitely. I don't remember, frankly, anything about the story, and I remember it being pretty like it, it was tacked on. And I, I didn't give a shit though; it didn't bother me that much. Just, just sorry. You, you said a couple things there, like you know, filler dialogue. Hated the dialogue. Shut up and let me do things. But you're a big fan of Final Fantasy VII remake, is that right?
2: Yeah, but that's for a different reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I sure, think you be guys. I'm being a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I know your guys' gripes with it, but I also think you were coming to FF7 Remake with a different expectation than I was.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, we'll, again, we'll talk about this in great detail in a couple of weeks, because even coming back to play it now a second time, I came at it with a completely different mindset, right? It was like, it was really to take notes. It was to sit down and say, what didn't I like about it? What doesn't work for me? Um, but in, in doing so, I've actually been able to, to take out quite a bit of enjoyment from it. Um, despite my pretty intense criticisms of the game. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, John, your most overrated game.
1: Uh, I just want to point out quickly that Bloodstained is one of only two platinum trophies I have, which is just hilarious to me. <laughs> <of> <laughs> That's this. funny. That's really funny. Yeah. Unexpected <laughs> shitting on, on Igarashi. <laughs> 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 That's funny, though. <laughs> Somebody going to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually love that game. Although I, I agree with the art, um, I think, you know, turning the specular up to max on everything is not an art style. I think it actually kind of looks like shit.
2: Yeah, everybody looks wet.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, all the time. I love that though. <laughs> uh, uh, so most overrated for me, honestly, probably Bioshock. I feel oh. like Bioshock got a lot of praise uh, that it didn't really deserve. I think the setting and the story are pretty cool. I thought Rapture and the opening scene where you you are involved in the plane crash was awesome, but I thought the gameplay was boring as fuck. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I tried to enjoy that game on more than one occasion. I think I owned it on like three systems, but it just (laughs) didn't do it for me. Uh, And yeah, I would consider that to be kind of overrated.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I I didn't actually play the original uh, Bioshock or the sequel, but I played um, Bioshock Infinite. Is that the one where you're in the sky? Like the airships and stuff. And I remember yep. seeing so much positive press for that game. And so many people, even today, you know, rank it as like one of their favorite game stories and stuff they've ever played. And, and yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, holy shit, this is just so boring to play. What's keeping people coming back to this?
1: I had a similar experience with Dishonored, actually. Oh, did you? Um, I've never tried that. I, I, you know it's just that it was riding this massive wave of hype the reviews were amazing i was like oh this sounds awesome It Was like a stealth based game i remember uh testing like the limits of the stealth on like the first guard you could run into and i i was like standing in front of the dude and he couldn't see me and i was like i was this stealth it's so so skewed in your favor i see I gave up shortly after that. I, you know, if I if I stuck with it and was less of a picky bitch, maybe I could find a way to enjoy it. But yeah, yeah sure. I f- felt that was kind of uh, a little overrated too. But yeah, yeah definitely enough. Bioshock for me.
0: I uh, I didn't expect either of your answers. Those are very interesting. Um, okay, My, mine is with a lot of caveats attached to it. Um, I, I think that Final Fantasy VII is is very overrated. And, and I'm, I'm going to say a lot of things right now so bear with me, put your fucking knives away please um, <laughs> so I, I played the original um, last year again and I went through and I finished it for the first time which was awesome, I, I really enjoyed the experience from start to finish um, but it was impossible to ignore just how many problems that game has it's still special, it captures this magic, the characters are awesome the team was you know, kind of at their peak at that point um, but even so, the story is, frankly, kind of a fucking mess. Like, if you sit down and just try and explain that plot to someone, um, you might kill them. They, their brains might stop working. And I, I think <laughs> that there are, a lot of, there are a lot of... There were a lot of opportunities for them to, to improve that, that presentation and delivery in the remake, which they haven't done, in my opinion. Um, but what, what bugs me most about Final Fantasy VII is not not necessarily the original game being overrated, you know, I think everybody comes at it pretty clear-eyed now with, with its problems, but it's still a very enjoyable game, and it has a cool story, albeit a bit muddy, and awesome characters and awesome moments. I hate what it's become. I hate that you can, it seems to me anyways, you can basically slap Final Fantasy VII on anything, and, and people seem to just kind of eat it up. I, I wish that they would fucking let that game go and try and make something again like it that's new and, and better and fucking improve upon it instead of just riding that goddamn Final Fantasy VII train into the, you know, tons of money sunset. But, of course, I understand they wouldn't want to do that. Um, and, again, this is coming from someone who, who still really enjoys the IP, and, and I, I have had a lot of fun moments with the remake lately that, that, you know, I have to give them credit. They have something very special there. But, yeah, I, I wish Final Fantasy VII would kind of die and we could we move on to other, other better things. For example, I wish I would, I would love if Chrono Trigger had gotten half the attention Final Fantasy VII has in the last 20 years. Um, but yeah, that's just my two cents. I think it's an awesome game that is held in too high regard um, by too many people.
1: I worry that if Chrono Trigger got that attention, they would have fucked that up too.
2: Yeah, See, that was exactly my thought too. Is I, I think I, the fact that it's not gotten that attention leaves it as a fonder memory.
0: Yeah, and and that's a that's a totally fair argument. I, I I think if they, like in my mind, I don't I don't see them kind of fucking with Chrono Trigger as much as they have fucked with Final Fantasy VII, right? Like they've they've inarguably changed the story, for example, enormously in the remake. I don't I don't think they'd do that with with um, Chrono Trigger. I think that they would kind of take more of a, I just see a Dragon Quest team kind of doing that. You know what I mean? As opposed to like a Final Fantasy, like if Tetsuya Nomura went anywhere near the Chrono Trigger remake, I would I would kill him. I would have to go kill him. <laughs> It, it would be the one murder I'd commit, but the man would have to die. Um, but yeah, it, fair point. It might might be better that it's just kind of left to be the awesome SNES game it is. But
2: Yeah, and like Nomura, my problems with FF7 Remake come from him. Like, please take the Kingdom Hearts out of my Final Fantasy. Um, Hell yeah. Beca- because I, I don't necessarily agree with Final Fantasy 7's plot being too convoluted. Like, I like sort of messy unraveling when it comes to a bit of like sci-fi storytelling but yeah like his his stamp is very clear at the end of Final Fantasy 7 remake and I'm glad I'm pretty sure he's been removed from the project uh, as far he, really? as I, at, at least his that at least in that primary role I'm pretty sure that's no longer true um and I don't think he actually was that I don't know if it where I heard it I want to say it was in the Resident Arc podcast but I could be talking wrong or actually might have been maximilian dudes podcast but um somebody had mentioned that his role might have been over exaggerated in the first place so i have a feeling you know his character design is pretty imminent right like he's kind of responsible for the western trend of final fantasy in the first place with eight for sure but yeah like i i have a feeling he's i'm pretty sure it's it's known that he got either removed or somewhat demoted in the part two
0: I'm going to have to look this up for our, for our remake podcast because that will be a very interesting topic of discussion. One thing I'm very interested in with the the Final Fantasy VII remake is logistically how the flying fuck they're going to finish this from a system standpoint, from a story standpoint, from a how many games standpoint. I have no idea. And frankly, it looks next to impossible to me. I have no idea how they're going to do this and pull it off well. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. intriguing just because they, they, they in my opinion, kind of came at 7 Remake as, like, we're going to make this a game you can kind of pick up, play, and, and finish, and feel like you've played an entire game, which is a weird thing when it's really only covering the first five hours of the original. But, anyways, right. I digress. Um, and, yeah, to, to the point of Final Fantasy Seven's story being too complicated, I don't think it is. I think you can boil down a, a coherent plot that doesn't have gaping holes that that's interesting i think that final fantasy 7 does a pretty poor job of of explaining it to you right that's my kind of primary um, complaint having having played it again last year i I felt it was i don't know i had to do some if i have to go onto the internet and kind of do some reading slash video watching to really make sure i understand what's going on I think that there's kind of something that could have been done better presentation-wise, but anyways, all that to say, that was kind of a you know I, I'm gonna call it a bit of a cop-out answer because I still love that game, and I after I finished Seven Remake, I've, I've kind of been itching to play the original yet again. So, yeah, yeah nice. um, I think that kind of finishes out our our you know question and answer period. You've kind of gotten a good a good sense of a lot of the games that that we played growing up. Um, we ended up talking, of course, about a lot of the same ones over and over again, but. You know, that was for good reason. They're some of her favorites. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add game-wise. Any other positive memories that have crept into your brains like like mine since we talked?
1: Uh, nope, it's all downhill from there. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. The only
2: <laughs> one I have actually is funny when you brought up your dad. Is I actually remember one time playing Contra, Super Contra on the Super Nintendo at your guy's place. You would have been quite young. I, I don't even know if you would remember this, but it was at the old place where you guys had a pool outdoor, an outdoor pool in the backyard.
0: Yeah, there, there um, was only there was only one other house that we lived at. Um, yeah, I know where I know where you're talking about. Yeah, I would have been really really young for sure.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if it was like your dad's brother. Somebody brought that over and like kind of like showed us how to get like an infinite live cheat because oh, it was cool. so freaking hard. And I don't I know who, who shared that with us, if, if your dad actually knew, or if it was like his friend or his brother or something. No, that, um, that
0: definitely wouldn't have been a brother. His brothers oh, okay. are, are not at all into to that whatsoever. Um, but right. probably, I bet you it was that same guy who lent us those games all the time. It was probably right. somebody, somebody from work. Yeah.
2: Right, yeah, because like, it's kind of like my first memory of, of a cheat code, if you will. Like nice. when we were, we were playing, and I'm pretty sure John and I were playing like two-player, and we just like couldn't beat it. It was like, just kicking mm. our ass and this dude had like this infinite live thing i was like oh fuck sweet
0: <laughs> nice. and
2: and we i'm pretty sure we actually beat it there
0: <laughs> that's awesome well great yeah i my dad definitely didn't know it because we played a lot of super contra together and we certainly never came close to beating it so <laughs> but, right yeah nice not very cool um cool all right well thanks for uh you know letting us divulge and, and kind of uh explore our memory lane here i hope you guys enjoyed listening to us wax poetic about some of our our favorite games um Okay, Jack, Jake, what's your what's your famous sign-off phrase that will be immortalized uh, forever from this point forward? Hope you prepared uh, something. Uh,
2: butt plug podcast, go fuck, for it. Fuck,
0: fuck, no, fuck, no, no, I'm, that's that's not staying in. Okay, good enough. I'm going to edit that out. Yeah, think, yeah not, we are not the butt plug podcast. It's not BPP butt plug podcast. I've said it four times now. Good, good. Immortalized is
2: a good way of putting it, so yeah. I just did. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, I think we'll end it there then. Uh, thanks for listening to episode five of the Butt Plug Podcast. And uh, <laughs> Jake, thanks Fuck. a bunch. Thanks a bunch for coming on. It was, it was a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. All right. Take care. We'll, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Branching Path Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Branch Path Pod or just search Branching Path Podcast. Check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash BranchingPathPodcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on our RSS website, which is rss.com slash BranchingPathPodcast. Thanks again for listening. Take care.